Stand in front of the mirror, but I don't like who's looking back at me. Wish I could see things clearer, oh, like who I'm supposed to be. And every trial, lift me higher through the fire, hold me tighter, remind me again that I was made for more.
so quick to point a finger and judge things from my point of view the things that we say the trouble it makes it hurts you and it hurts me too this is such a fallen world we live in it's really not the way it's supposed to be Church, would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated. A couple of announcements this morning as we get started. First off, thank you to everyone who is a part of the Fellowship Fundraiser Feast this weekend. Had a lot of people here raising money for a great cause to feed hungry kids in Haiti. So whether you were helping serve behind the scenes, purchased a meal and were part of it, we thank you for that. Um, also to let you know if you did not get enough prime rib this weekend or you couldn't make it Friday or Saturday, we have some leftovers. So for 20 bucks, you can get a, a to-go box with two big thick slices of prime rib for lunch today, dinner later, maybe a great lunch at work, whatever. But anyways, you can pick those up after worship. Um, and again, all the money goes to support the Columbus Community Haiti Project and feed hungry kids in Haiti. Um, next Sunday, we've got something exciting happening. Randy Longacre is being ordained at 2 p.m. So 2 p.m. next Sunday, come back after worship. We will have an ordination service and reception for Randy. Uh, and then exploration. Exploration started this last Wednesday, um, but it's not too late to jump in. And just a reminder, exploration is our Wednesday evening Bible study for all ages. So we have a staff nursery. We have kids' classes, middle school, high school, and several adult options as well. There's more information um, online on Church Center about all those classes. So speaking of that, there are two cards in the seat back in front of you. One is all about uh, 1C Church Center. And so you can scan that QR code with your smartphone, click on the link, and it takes you to all the classes and events and opportunities that we have here at 1C. Great way to stay connected uh, to the life of the church. And if you call 1C your home, the app is really a great thing to get, the Church Center app, so that you stay connected to all those things. And then also the other uh, card in the seat back is all about communion on one side. Um, so we take communion every Sunday here at 1C and as a way to help prepare your hearts and minds and, and look at what we believe about communion and the blessing and gift that it is to us. You can read that to prepare your hearts for communion. On the other side, you can see about prayer requests, tithes and offerings. And last but not least, if you are a guest with us, we are so glad that you are here worshiping with us. We'd love to have a chance to meet you, and we have a welcome gift for you. So if you'd like to stop by Next Steps, love to have a chance to meet you and give you that gift. Um, and that is it. So we will continue with worship.
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. Come on up and find a seat on the floor. All right. Well, today we are looking at something called a beatitude from Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. And it's a sentence that says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Hmm. Meek. That's not a word we use very much, is it? It's kind of confusing, but whatever the meek are, they inherit the earth. So I bet you we can learn a lot about meekness from earth movers. Giant excavators. Big, powerful excavators. They can probably teach us a lot about meekness, can't they? High five. All right, thanks. <laughs> and so I found a video of excavators. All right, so let's watch these giant, powerful excavators and see what we can learn about meekness. Huh. They can paint. Yeah, it's, I cannot read Japanese, so I do not know. But you know what I bet that says? It says, I'm going to crush stuff. What do you think? I'm powerful, mighty, and I'm going to destroy and smash. Oh, it surely can smash these glass bottles, can it? Yep. Wait, what? It's not destroying those. Oh, it can smash these glasses, though, can it? It'll, it'll break those for sure. That's not breaking the glasses either. I thought this thing was strong. I guess it's not very strong. Oh, you know what? It can flatten fruit. It's just going to blow that watermelon open. No, it's not. Huh. It's slicing the fruit. It's not smashing the fruit, is it? Oh, and it's slicing an apple. It didn't even break that glass table. Huh. Well, you know what? Surely it can crack an egg, right? It can crack an egg. It's strong enough to do that. Let's see it crack an egg. Uh, no. It picked up an egg with a spoon and didn't even break it. It was pouring something. Was it? I thought excavators were strong and powerful. That didn't look very strong and powerful, did it? Huh. Well, you know what? Meekness does mean strong and powerful, but it means power under control. So you know what? I bet the excavator could have smashed all those things if it wanted to, couldn't it? But it was under control. And that's what meekness is, power under control. And you know what? Jesus is meek. He is strong and powerful. But you know what? He used his strength and power to come and give up his life for us. He gave his life as a sacrifice for us so that we could be saved and we could find life with him forever. That's an amazing use of strength and power, isn't it? For Jesus to give up his life for us. What do you say we thank him? All right, we'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me and we'll pray. Lord Jesus, you are strong and you are powerful. And you are loving. Help us to love others and be meek like you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head back to your seats. Thanks for coming up. All my words fall short. I've got nothing. How could I? 
It certainly is worth proclaiming a very, very strong hallelujah when we get to this place in our service as the faith community gathered, known as 1C Church, the sanctuary. It's a time of confession. We get to this place just about every Sunday, and this is a very, very significant, very beautiful moment where God's people come together and individually, because this happens in here, and corporately as the body of Christ, we have this opportunity to just confess sin, because sin is a reality this side of heaven. I've got mine, you've got yours. This is a wonderful opportunity for us to be together and just lay it out. And to know that after the confession, there is the, the big word absolution, which just means you are forgiven. And then when we come up here and partake of the elements, to realize this, this enormous thing that God has done, when he has taken two things from his, from his creation, he's taken bread, he's taken wine, he's brought them together in his word, that's what we know as a sacrament, and we have this opportunity to partake of this sacrament. It strengthens our faith. If you're here this morning and your heart is troubled, your mind is troubled, this is, this is one of the ways that God comes to meet us to take care of that. And so the words will go up on the screen for confession. Let's say that together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body, the church, by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. It is my privilege to announce to you that if that is your confession this morning, your sins are forgiven. Forgiven. They're removed as far as the east is from the west. God does not remember them. You don't have to walk out of here this morning wondering. You don't have to care. They are forgiven. Here at 1C Church, we believe that these elements are the true body and blood of the Lord Jesus. It's a mystery. And when we take communion, we do it in a couple ways. If you came in this morning and you got the elements contained in the little container, feel free to take those at any time you'd like while you're at your seat. And if you've been here long enough, you know that what we do is called continuous communion. And in a moment, you could come forward whenever you're ready. If you need a gluten-free option, or if you need the juice instead of the wine, just let the server know that. We'll be happy to accommodate that. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner also, after supper, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen.
now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may it strengthen you and preserve you and keep you steadfast in the one true faith. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we humble ourselves before you as we bring our prayers to you from our 1C family. Prayers that Sandra's surgery on her wrist goes well Tuesday. For Wally and Shirley Skye, who lost a granddaughter, Ashley, unexpectedly due to an aneurysm. For our nephew and his wife, who just lost their baby. God, we know you have a plan for them. Protect them and guide them. I pray for strength during this trial in my life. I also pray for my friend's husband, who was just diagnosed with stage four cancer. Be with them and continue to bless them. Thanks for your blessings with the Haiti feast. Bless all those who took part. Please help us in reaching our goal to feed the hungry children in Haiti. May all the praise and glory be to you. Gracious God, you are all-powerful and mighty, yet you humbled yourself and brought grace, mercy, and love to our lives here on this troubled earth. We thank you for hearing our prayers and for your gift of eternal life through your Son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Well, today we continue this series on the chosen Season 2. Today we get to episode 3, and like we've mentioned before, the Beatitudes are woven through this season 2. And so we get to the Beatitude from Matthew chapter 5, verse 5, and it says, Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Hmm. That's kind of confusing, isn't it? <laughs> what is meek? What is meek? Well, it's a confusing word, for sure. It's a confusing concept even more, because it is the way of this upside-down kingdom of God. It's not the way the world operates. It's not the way our sinful hearts operate. And it's confusing because we live in this pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps kind of culture. right? This culture that we live in says promote yourself. Be the king of your own kingdom. Climb the ladder of success, even if you need to step on some backs to get there. That is the culture that we live in. So it's confusing because of our misunderstanding of how power and authority are meant to be used. We've probably seen, witnessed, and unfortunately probably experienced and been on the receiving end of an abuse or a manipulation of power and authority. It's ugly, it's painful, and it's also sinful. It's not the way that Jesus operates and it's not the way the kingdom of God operates. But this abuse happens when people put themselves as king rather than Jesus. But power and authority is used correctly when it comes from our identity as children of God. 
submitted to God and his rule and his reign in our lives. And that's what the Beatitudes are all about. All about living the right ways in the kingdom of God. Well, in episode three that we're going to see today, the Beatitudes are looked at through the story of of Jesus' healing the crowds. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25, and it reads, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and the people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee and the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. So that's the setting for this beatitude. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the scene in episode 3 opens with Philip and Matthew having a conversation. So let's look and see how this conversation goes. For me, the law of Moses, the prophecies of Isaiah, the wisdom of Solomon. For you, I think, Psalms of David. Good start. I'm ready. For example, to the choir master, a Psalm of David. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And? Just that. Just a few more minutes. Thank you for your patience, guys. Thank you. But I'm not planning on ascending to heaven or making my bed deep in the depths. You asked for a passage. Yes, but one that could help me understand how you and everyone else knows more. That's what I know and what you must come to believe if you want to make any meaningful study of Torah. I don't understand. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, can you tell me what happened to Jesus? He healed me. Healed you of what? Epilepsy. Yes, and how long have... Say it back to me. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed deep in the depths, you are there. There's nowhere you can go. No height you can climb to in your intellectual mind. No depths you can reach in your soul where God is not with you. You get it? I think so. No amount of learning can bring you closer to God. Or make you more or less precious to him. He's always right here, right now, with you, for you. But I don't feel it. So here we see Matthew. He wants to learn more. He's trying to fit in as a disciple. He's trying to grow, and he's very analytical. So he wants to understand logically this thing of following Jesus. And we see that Matthew points him to a deeper truth. Uh, or Philip does, Matthew might be kind of subscribing to this, this thought that knowledge is power, right? If you understand logically. But Philip tells him it's, it's a heart issue. It's not logic. And so Philip tells him uh, to study Psalm 139, verse 8. And it reads, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. 
Then he goes on to tell Matthew that no amount of learning can bring you closer to God or make you more or less valuable to God. In other words, we can't do it. We can't attain. We can't achieve it on our own. And there's nowhere else that we can go. There's nowhere we can go to escape God's presence and his love for us. And that's where this true power and authority comes from. It comes from knowing that our father is the king of the universe. And we are his sons and daughters. He gives us his authority as his children. Pretty amazing to think about, isn't it? But how are we to exercise this power and authority that God gives us? Well, by being meek. And meek is not abusing or manipulating power and authority for personal gain. So meek is not. Let's take a look at that. What is meek not? Well, meek does not equal weak. Those two words look a lot alike. They sound a lot alike, but they are absolutely nothing alike. Jesus is meek, but Jesus is not weak. I mean, does anyone think Jesus is weak? I hope not. <laughs> um, and what do we know about Jesus? Well, prior to his public ministry, uh, Jesus was a builder. And we translate that word carpenter often, but there's not a ton of trees in the Holy Land. So more than likely, he spent a lot of time working with rocks and stone, heavy, hard work. We also know after Jesus started his public ministry that he walked everywhere, miles and miles, on this rocky, hilly, rough terrain. And then we read in verse 23 of, of Matthew chapter 4 that he healed every disease and sickness among the people. Jesus is stronger than disease, demons, storms, sickness, illness, Satan, and death. He is not weak. Jesus is meek. So what is meek? Well, it's, it's similar to humility and gentleness. Meek equals power under control. Think about that excavator video that we watched with the kids. Here's this giant, powerful machine, and it's delicately slicing watermelon on a glass table or picking up an egg with a spoon. That is power under control. So how can we be meek? Well, we submit to Jesus and his rule and reign in our lives. We trust the Lord, we commit our lives to him, and we're confident that he will help us, he will deliver, he will save. We don't have to. We don't have to try to do it on our own, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We don't have to try to use, use earthly strategies to manipulate or to abuse power and authority to get where we want to go. Meekness is not striving for earthly gain. Notoriety, power, or focusing. It's focusing on living a kingdom life. That's what the Beatitudes are all about. So meek equals power under control. Well, as we look at this next video, we see Jesus' disciples in a power struggle. They're arguing. They're standing up for their own rights. They're making demands for themselves. And then we see meekness come into play with Jesus and his mom. So let's watch. What about you? What do you mean? Has it been difficult for you all this time? occupation, following Jewish law. My life has not been easy. Oh, oh, it hasn't. What was more painful for you? Escaping Roman persecution by working for them or 
escaping your guilt with all the money. And now you're catching up on Torah and wanting to follow the law. Why now all of a sudden? Why not all the other times you had the chance? Simon? No, no, John, I want to know. Uh, Mary had horrible trauma. She didn't choose all that happened to her. What's your excuse? What do you want me to say? I, I don't know what you want from me. An apology. What? Simon's not wrong. He could be more delicate about it, but you did choose to work for them. And you made my life even harder than it already was. And you haven't apologized. No, no, don't say it. I don't want you to apologize. It doesn't matter. What would hearing him say so I do? I won't forgive it anyway. What keeps putting you in authority? Who are you to forgive or not to forgive? What, you're on his side? No, of course not, but you've had your problems too. What about apologizing for what you almost did to us with their omens? I didn't go through with it. I was trying to save my family's life, and I love you, John, but that's not something you have to worry about when Zeb and Salome are looking out for you. But you put me in a desperate position where I did things I would never have done otherwise. And I've repented for them, and John and James, I am sorry, but I didn't go through with it. What is your excuse? I was a successful businessman, and yet I was always behind. He wasn't your tax collector. Quit defending him. I want an answer. Hey, you're new. Do you even know what it's like to be Jewish? To suffer for centuries and centuries because of it, but to still commit to it? To protect our heritage even though it never stops being painful? Because the one comfort we have is to know that we're doing it together. That we're all suffering together. But if, if we just wait a little longer, if we hold tight just a little more, we'll have rescue because we're chosen, all of us. And you betrayed that, and you spit on it! I can't forgive it. I'll never forgive it. All right. You said what you needed to say. Sit down, Simon. You sit down first.
here we see the disciples. They're not being very meek. They are standing up for their own rights, demanding from others, and really having a power struggle as they argue with each other. And we see John ask Peter, what puts you in authority? And as they're arguing, Jesus walks by. Jesus doesn't demand anything. He doesn't assert his authority over them. He just heads to bed. Jesus, God in the flesh, set aside his preferences, his comfort, his rights to serve others. And then we see Jesus' mother go to him, wash his face, his hands, his feet to serve him in love. That is meekness, not demanding our rights over others, but giving up our personal comfort and preferences to serve others. It's about God's kingdom growing, not ours. And it's about his name being proclaimed, not ours. Jesus is our living example. He showed us what it's like to live this life, but he also gave up his life as a sacrifice for us so that we can have life in him. As we get ready to bring TJ up to talk more about the mission of hope, uh, I'd like to share Matthew chapter 4, verses 23 through 25 one more time. As we look at the mission of Jesus, and again it reads, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. So here we see Jesus proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, that those who are sick will be healed, those that were blind will see, those that, will be, that are lame will walk. And healing every disease and sickness among them. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed, and he healed them. So he not only proclaimed the good news of the kingdom, but he brought the presence of the kingdom with him as those healings were done. That's the mission of Jesus. That's, that's our mission and TJ's coming out and going to talk more about the mission of hope and how this all ties together as we seek to make Jesus' name known. TJ, thanks for being with us this weekend. Yeah. We're coming for the, the fundraiser feast. And it was a feast. I'm, I'm done with prime rib at this point. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. But so as we think about this idea of, of Jesus proclaiming the, the good news um, and then also bringing the presence of the kingdom, how is packing rice, making these meal packets, and taking them to Haiti, like the presence of the kingdom of God. Yeah, thank you again for everybody that came out um, this past weekend or participating in the meal pack. Hopefully you all come out March 4th. But um, So th these meals that we pack, uh, so Mission of Hope started 25 years ago um, with 222 kids showing up to a schoolhouse and a peanut grinder. That, that's how it started. Um, Vanessa, Brad and Vanessa Johnson, our founders, that started off tragedy in 96. They went back in 98 and planted Mission of Hope. And, and um, it, uh, over time, they, they began to, to realize these kids were lethargic. They didn't have the energy. And so they just bought this peanut grinder and started making these real crude peanut butter sandwiches. And Mission Hope was started that way. Fast forward uh, 25 years. Uh, now we feed 127,000 kids every day. Here's, here's the impact of a meal. Uh, of the things that we were fundraising with and how we can see the, the kingdom of God expanding and being present in Haiti. You see, when, when we arrive and, and we, we, uh, we hand off this box of rice, you know, a box of, of a meals, 216 meals a box, and we hand that off to a pastor uh, or we hand that off to a school or an orphanage, 
um, kids' eyes light up because they know they're going to get to eat, number one, um, and um, pastors' eyes light up and people's eyes light up because they know that with every single meal that is given, there's a gospel conversation that takes place, every one of them. And we've done that for years. You see, it's not just about feeding food for us, but we also know that sometimes people can't hear the gospel because they, they can't hear over the growling of their stomachs. And so we want to address that physical need so that we can actually present the spiritual need to them. And because of meals that have been going out for 25 years, uh, we are now, uh, Haiti's divided into 10 districts, and we serve in all 10 districts, and it started with meals. Uh, that's where it started. Um, moms now have um, the pressure taken off, right? Uh, they, they're desperate. As moms, you know, you're desperate for you. I mean, you want your kids to be able to eat. Just imagine going, you know, four or five days not knowing if your kids are going to get to eat, and now because they go to school or because this ministry, somebody heard of them, now they get to eat every day. That gives our pastors that we work with and our staff and at Mission Hope and short-term missionaries that come down credibility to be able to go into whole villages and share the gospel all throughout the communities. We're invited into every home, um, we, and we just see the kingdom of God expanding simply because some churches said, hey, we'll, we'll help with the meal pack. We'll do that. So it's literally life-changing to, to bring down food or to be able to serve the food. It's amazing. That is amazing. You made a great point that, that bringing the food to them gives you the credibility to be able to talk about Jesus. Yeah. So they've experienced yeah. the goodness of the kingdom of God. That's right. And they want to know why. That's right. And so you get to share. Yeah, I mean, the, every the time, whole. like, why are you giving us this? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, we're just giving it. When it, We let them come to school, and then we give them meals. We give them medical care. And, like, why are you doing all this for us? Well, here's why. Yeah. Because we love you enough to tell you about the gospel. We're going to address your physical needs so we can care about your eternal needs. Absolutely. All the time. I mean, we see it. And we see thousands upon thousands of people meet Jesus because of a meal because of meals yeah. it's amazing wow what a huge impact it's making and you shared a story about um when the, one of the gang leaders was going to come and, yeah. and 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 take the food from your facility would you yeah. share that that story yeah so the past year in Haiti has been it's been really difficult I, it, long story short there's been a lot of political chaos uh and gangs have taken over parts of Port-au-Prince and other outside areas and uh there was this uh they kind of sent out word amongst the villages that they were going to come and steal from our warehouse. They were going to break into Mission Hope, and uh, that would have been the first time our ministry's ever been broken into. And they, they sent out word, hey, stay away, we're going into, the, and we're going to steal there, and we've got millions of meals in our warehouse. And uh, the people of the communities that surround Mission Hope, we're in Titayan, you got Sous Motla and Minitree and Bercy and Levesque, and, you know, you've got all these different communities. They heard about it, and they said no. We're not going to let that happen. So our, our main property in Haiti is 77 acres. And on this day, it was a Saturday, literally Haitians stood. I, I don't use literally lightly. That's for real. They stood shoulder to shoulder around all 77 acres of our property. How many people would that take? I have no idea. And whenever the gang showed up, they said, you can't come in here. This is our ministry. It's 25 years of investing into the people of Haiti, feeding their kids, feeding them, and them say, no, 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 this, this, is the, this is the kingdom outpost of God right here that is ministering to us. You yeah. can't come here. Wow. The gang leader called our executive director and said, I need to talk to you. And he came up and he said, okay, don't bring guns up or anything. Come talk to me. He said, but we saw what the people did. And we see the value of what's happening through this place. We promise you we'll never come back here again. It's the favor of God over our ministry. And, man, it's just it's amazing to see how the people who we've probably led most of them to the Lord. Yeah. We've seen, you know, uh, voodoo temples. They leave the communities we go in, and we're seeing the rising up of, of the church wow. right there in the middle of it. And now they're protecting us. Instead of us just going to them, now they're coming to us. Wow. And we love it. We love it. Wow. What a beautiful, yeah. yeah come on. Praise it's God awesome. for what he's doing. And what a beautiful example 
of the kingdom of God expanding yep. to, to the Haitians, and they have that power and authority. That's right. And that gang leader saw that there's a power and authority from a God much bigger than, than we, yeah. and so wherever light shines, the darkness cannot That's right. stand. That's and right. So. I mean, we see it in every village we go in. I said this in the first service. When we first went into Titayan in 20, uh, 25 years ago, there were, just, there were over 20 uh, voodoo temples in that community. Now there's zero. They just, they leave. A lot of them met Jesus, and now they're coming to our church, the Church of Hope, or, or they left. And in any community that we're invited into that we go to, you will see either the, the, the priest or priestess, you will see them come to know Jesus or leave the community. Wow. Because they know that, hey, you know, the kingdom of God is established in this place, and Jesus will rise up here. We see it all the time. Praise God. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Well, thank you, TJ, for being with us, for talking for about sure. Mission Hope. And you're coming back, right, March 4th so. for the yeah, meal pack? We'll hopefully. see. We'll see. All we'll right. have somebody here. Okay. Like, there's some scheduling going on, but, man, March 4th for me is like an eternity away. All right? It, it really <laughs> is. I'm headed traveling. to the Dominican Republic tomorrow okay. so, to, do, to do work down what there. What kind of yeah. prayer for you, your Absolutely. travels, and, and Lord's blessing? Father God, we thank you for TJ. Lord, pray your, your blessing uh, upon him as he travels. God, also, just as he continues to, to serve you, Lord, God, we lift up Mission of Hope. God, we thank you for all the work that you are doing through them. And God, we thank you that we get to be a part of what you're doing. Uh, Lord, we ask that you prepare the hearts of these kids who are going to receive meals and hear about Jesus for the first time, that they would know you, that they would come from death into life, and Lord, that your kingdom would continue to spread all over Haiti and throughout the world, Jesus. We thank you for your love and your mighty power. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Thank you. All right. Thanks again, TJ. Well, please stand um, and receive this blessing. This blessing comes from God to his people. It can be found in Numbers chapter 9. And the Lord says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. buried beneath my shame who could carry that kind of weight it was my
sing this song to my final breath. Let the weight of this world go. Gonna be no tears, gonna be no pain. When I see that smile on my Savior's face, I won't be walking, I'll be running home. He called my name, yeah, and he stole my shame. Everything changed when I came running home. Out of the dark, into his arms. 
Tells the sun to rise every morning, colors the sky with the shades of his glory, makes us with mercy and love. Jesus does. 